Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. We've already talked about um, the importance of rhythms that God set up actually for us to live in rhythms. We have the seasons, we have the tides, we understand all of that. But the first rhythm we we talked about was the the rhythm of getting into our seat, which is our devotional time with the Lord. We just call it the seat because I, I want us to kind of go through this thing, the row, circle, seat. We'll talk about that a little bit. But the seat is your your special chair that you have in the morning that you just get alone with the Lord and crack open your Bible and learn how to journal and pray. We talked about the importance of that, which meant the importance of maybe going to bed a little bit earlier so you can get up a little bit earlier. We talked about how it's so easy. The first thing that we do is grab this in the morning and maybe we need to be grabbing the Bible instead of grabbing our devices then last week, Pastor Jorgen talked about the importance of being in the row. We call this the row, our, our corporate gathering, our gathering together. And I don't know about you, but as much as I can worship Jesus in my car, I can, I'm the best singer in my car, by the way. I sound amazing. And, um, and uh, we can worship the Lord in our homes. But there's something when we gather together corporately that we can not only worship Jesus, but we can serve each other. And we could be encouraged by the word of God together that it's so important that we're in the row. And today I'm going to be talking about the rhythm of a circle, which really is the rhythm of small groups being connected into a small group setting. We can't really build these, these relationships. So we're going to be talking about the why the circle is so important. But, but we can't fulfill the why of the circle uh, if we don't get in the rhythm of actually doing that. So today we're going to be talking about the rhythm of the circle. So really, if you, if you were to get your big takeaway, if you're saying, I've been here for three weeks, what did I get out of that message? It's, it's like, are you in the rhythm of the row, the circle, and the seat every week? Now I get it. There's some times that you can't be, you're not here and you're gone and that's fine. But there's something about being consistent in a rhythm. Well, if you turn with me to Acts chapter um, 2, if you look at uh, a scripture with us, us, Acts chapter 2, remember, I want to encourage you to bring the Bible we were doing so well. I said, how many people used to say this? How many people brought their Bibles? Hold them up. And anybody have Bibles today you want to hold up? And you're holding up your device too. I get it. We have Bibles on our devices. So those of you who are saying, I have a device. Okay. Do you have a Bible app on your device? You're holding up your device. Well, yes, you probably do. And so if you turn to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to look at this together. Now, Acts is really the, um, the book that was written to talk about the account, the historical account of when uh, Jesus, after he ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit was released on the earth. And, uh, and the new, the beginning of the church started to take place. As, as believers in Jesus, the very first Christians were starting to gather together. And uh, I'm going to actually start in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and and distributing them at Pastor Mark's feet. And I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. 
distributed the proceeds, all that they had. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking of the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. A couple things I want to point out in this verse. That they were meeting not only in the temple or the row, the corporate gathering, the building, but they were meeting in people's homes. The large group and then the small group. And there's something so significant that, that they regularly got together and then they shared life. You know, there's something about breaking bread together, something about being in somebody's home and sharing a meal together. The interesting thing, the outcome of that was that numbers were being added to their gatherings often. That last line, it says, the Lord added their number day by day, those who are being saved. And remember, our job as followers of Jesus is to find the lost or partner with Jesus as he's, people's hearts are being opened to the things of the Lord and bringing them into the family of God and, and then discipling them into the kingdom ways. And so I want to encourage you to understand that, first of all, the very birth of the church, it was the corporate gathering and the small group gathering. Now, I think sometimes it's best played out of understanding the benefits of a small group by actually hearing from somebody because you know what? We all have a reason why we can't be in a small group. We all have a reason that we're too busy. We got, I'm an introvert. You know, I, I feel uncomfortable in somebody else's home or in a small group. But why don't you listen to somebody's story? Watch this video. So we got, we got married <laughs> August 26th. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking of the struggle to start August 28th. <laughs> exactly. So we got married August 26th, Yeah. but our families were brought together on August 28th. As much as we try to prepare for that and, and just were so, felt so good about being so strong in our faith. Little did we know it was just the beginning of a crazy journey mm. <laughs> that was going to start. But. Getting married, bringing a family together all within three days is like going from zero to a hundred and you can't stop it. You can't slow down to take things calmly and methodically. It just happens, boom, it's there. It takes, it, it clearly has taken a solid year for everyone to feel comfortable. Uh, when I say it, it was, it was like um, a circus of confusion, it's exactly how it was as, kind and loving as six people can be as individuals here we all are within an instant living together things that we've never had to speak before you know I, the kids would come home and they, they would say to michael on the way home she packed me a sandwich and had crust on it and i got grapes and i like strawberries and then of course i you know i feel bad and then I, you tend to take offense to that and it's like gosh um, we're trying to learn. We're trying mm -hmm. to learn about each other, and and um, so that that took priority. And I think Michael and I, as much as we knew and mm -hmm. and have, you know, that 
that solid foundation of our faith, it just, the marriage got set aside very quickly. And, and that, and there it was, there was the breakdown right away. There was the breakdown right away because when there's not God and the marriage and the family, every, everything else below that's going to be mass confusion. You know, we're two very organized people who like to have a schedule and like to have things go smoothly and, um, and it wasn't happening. And it was really hard to understand. So that's the beginning of the story. You're going to watch part two of the story at the end of my message. And you got a taste of somebody who are in our church that um, are helping with this marriage ministry at Grace Capital Church. And yet you've just realized that here's two people that are very vulnerable in front of all of you telling their story of that their life is difficult. I think sometimes we feel like oh man, can I be vulnerable in a small group? They're going to get to know my stuff. And, you know, it's like, that's, is that safe? Is, and, and I want to, when you hear the rest of their story, you're going to understand why a small group, a life group is so important. The circle, the circle. You know, and I, I'm going to make a case for you because some of you already have worked up in your mind. It's like, all oh, right, this is Life Group Sunday. I'm going to bolt out those doors, not go to the gym. I'm going to duck my head so nobody's going to talk to me and I could get out of it. Whew. All right, you've already planned that. And, uh, and we don't worry, we have the doors barricaded for you. So <laughs> it's okay. You'll be fine. We're, we've preemptively um, thought of that for you. <laughs> But you have all the reasons in your mind why a small group is not going to be the right season for you. Believe me, we have all of the reasons. I'm an introvert. You don't know my schedule. Um, I've got a baby in the home. I've got, you know, I work at night, whatever, whatever, whatever. I guarantee you, every single one of us here can come up with a reason why it's not the right season. But I'm going to contend that to convince you that even though it's not the right season for you, that you must find a way to make it happen. You know what? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8 is that we have an enemy who's like a lion looking, searching, prowling for whom he will devour. This whole idea that he's Prowling, which means he's aggressively pursuing you. You have an enemy that wants you. Now, anybody who's watched any of the the nature channels or any of the the things about um, our wildlife, you realize that what do they, what are the, especially the cats in Africa, what do they do to get their prey? They try to get one separated from the herd or the wolves up in north. <clears throat> they try to go after the caribou. What do they do? They try to separate one, just one. All they need is one from the group, and now that one is vulnerable. I would say that that imagery that Peter is giving us in that verse is so true that he's saying, if you can give all the reasons why you should not be in a, in a community, a circle, a small group, you are going to be very vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. So I would say, do you want to be vulnerable or do you want to be safe in a group?
Next. In Proverbs 27, verse 17. Good. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So not only are you vulnerable by not being in a group, but you miss the opportunity of being built up to be sharpened. That whole idea of sharpening is that you're more effective as a Christian to accomplish the things that God has for your life. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And some people read that as like, well, that sounds like confrontation to me. It's actually, it's not. It's, it's a way that we build each other up. It's a way that we encourage and support one another. And that can't happen just on a Sunday morning in the row. It has to happen in the circle, in the small group. So I'm contending that those two things, safety or the lack of being vulnerable or or the the chance of not being vulnerable, as well as being built up, can only happen in a small group setting. And so I'm contending that I want to see everybody in a small group this fall season, in the rhythm of the circle. And I do understand that... It's a sacrifice. It's difficult. I guarantee you that I don't know how many nights that I felt like, oh, it's group tonight. Oh, man, should I just call and cancel? But then I was like, no, it's right. And we have group, and then we realize that God just does an amazing thing. It's like, what was I even thinking about? But guess what? We have an enemy that wants to plant those thoughts. Oh, don't do it. Because there's so much power in that group. There's another scripture that says, where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. He's in the midst. Yeah, I understand that as believers, and you might be here and don't know Jesus yet, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to know him at the end of the service, but as a believer, yes, we carry the spirit of Jesus in us. We call that the Holy Spirit. And yes, he's here with us, but there's something powerful that takes place where two or three are gathered, the small group. I love this story. It's it's going to be illustrated. I'm going to illustrate this point from this account that took place in Mark chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can take it, you can look at Mark chapter 2. You can turn to Mark chapter 2. This is the account of when Jesus heals a paralytic. I'm going to read it to you. Mark chapter 2. And when he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was home, and many were gathered together. Um, so many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. So here it is. Jesus is in somebody's home. Everybody's gathered together. The doorway is packed. Everybody's just trying to like listen in. And they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. So do you have that visual? It's probably somebody like on a stretcher type of thing. Two poles, a little probably something to lay on. Four men, one on each pole, carrying up to this house. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof from above them. And when they had made an opening, they let him down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of the friends, interesting... He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like this? Speaking of Jesus, he is blaspheming. 
Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceiving in his spirit, he had the spirit, he had, um, what do you call that when you can, discernment, thank you, he had the spirit of discernment, perceiving this in his spirit, that they had just questioned within themselves, Jesus said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, and that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The reason I picked this account was because, first of all, Jesus is in this house. Remember, where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there. So even though today we don't say, well, Jesus physically is there, well, his spirit is there. And then the other thing I really love about this account is that it was the faith of the friends that brought this man's healing. You see, I think sometimes we need the group, the people in the group, to have faith for my own life. That when I'm going through something difficult, that I'm realizing that my friends in this group can pray for me and encourage me in such a way that I can get out of these funks, or I can get out of my way, or I can find the healing that I need because of the faith of my group. Thank you so much. For those of you watching online, I love you too. <laughs> By the way, I, I would encourage you to be here, but if you are out of town, out of state, please, you can watch us live, uh, which many of you are doing, so I just greeted our online live audience there. You guys can give a big cheer, not you, they can cheer in their homes, their hotel rooms right now. Do you hear them? We hear you, okay. See... The faith of a circle of friends allows a healing to take place. You see that on the slide right there. The faith of a circle of friends allows a healing to take place. You see, as long as you're not in a group, you're isolated. Yes, you can pray. Yes, you can read your Bible. Yes, you can be in your seat and do your devotional life. But there's something about the faith of a group of people that come together with you that you can see healing take place. It took place here. I don't know if that paralytic ever thought he would ever walk, but it was the faith of his friends that says, you know what? Jesus is there, and we believe that Jesus says who he says he is. You know, I wonder if we need to look to somebody beside us, and we just need to say, let's do this together. Somebody that you're comfortable with, a spouse, a friend, or whatever, Maybe just turn over and say, let's do this together. Let's do this together. Because it's, it's that kind of faith of a friend that says, you know what? By myself, I can come up with all the reasons why I can't be in group this, this fall. I can't be in the circle. But maybe it's you actually need to be in the circle. And I also understand that, you know, this is not just about, you know, Hey, I need to make some friends, so let's get together in a group. Now, you will make friends. These are great friends that you're going to make, but you have to understand that the purpose of that is our focus is on Jesus. 
right? Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the solution. And it's our job to grow in our relationship with him. But I, I'm, I'm going to contend that I think sometimes life can be so hard and we have an enemy that's so aggressive on us that sometimes we can't even find Jesus ourselves. that we need our friends, the faith of our friends to bring us to Jesus. And that's why I'm saying maybe you know somebody here who's, who's not going to be in group and you just need to grab by the hand and you say, you're going to group with me. You're going with me because of how critical it is to know that if they get separated, what the enemy can do in their life. You don't want to be there. I guarantee you, every single one of us has been in that place where we felt so, so isolated and we also were very vulnerable. And we understood what the enemy was able to do in our heads and our hearts. And, and I want to contend that the enemy does not have his way with us. This fall, let's get in the rhythm of being in the circle. Let's get in the rhythm of being in the circle. I, I believe that this fall, Jesus has a fresh touch for every single one of us. You see, yes, we have our topic-based groups. We have journaling groups. We have message-based groups. Um, we have an online group if you can't get out. No excuse, you can go online and participate in a community through a Zoom call. But each one of us needs a touch by Jesus. And could it be this fall that we see our lives being transformed because we are willing to say yes to being in the circle, to be in a small group? Remember, if you're not in a group, you're vulnerable and your potential is not realized. There's not anybody else sharpening you up to make you more effective for the kingdom. Well, you don't need to listen to me. Why don't we watch the rest of the story and hear from somebody who's lived it? I just came to this church in August when we got married and um, I've been a Christ follower for many years and I was very involved in my church but um, when Life Group was mentioned I thought well that's I, I wasn't too sure about it to be honest I mean I had participated in a lot of things but interestingly yeah. too on top of all that we had one night a week yes. that we had to ourselves which was Monday night which was like and we chose night. that yeah was our life group night so we yeah. were giving up our individual time together yeah. Yeah. for life group clearly God knew what I needed because I had he knew what was coming the next several months and I like I said I still say I still apologize to people in life group to this day because I feel like I just I took up every Monday night. It's like, I, I would say to myself, we would drive over and I'd say, I'm gonna let someone else talk tonight. And I just, it was just amazing. It was amazing to, to open up to a group of people, you know, 12, 15 sometimes, there was that many of us on a Monday night. And I will say it wasn't anything I expected. It wasn't, and yet it was everything that I needed this past year. And Life Group as just a fantastic resource, uh, everyone having marriages to some single people, um, being able to share all of these things. Mm -hmm. Of course, not knowing what to ex expect, 
but having that, having that resource and that time together um, was truly, it was truly life-saving for our marriage in the first year. And, and I will say that was part of the hesitation too, I think, with going, not only did I not know anyone and I had just um, joined Grace, I thought, what what right now can I give to someone? Because I always mm-hmm. thought, just be, coming from a church in which I was a leader for so many years, I thought, gosh, I, I don't know this is right because what I don't think I have anything to give anything to anybody but I can't I can't stress enough no matter what season you are in or where you are in this journey you always have something to give to somebody because I can remember some Monday nights I just needed to hear what God how God was moving in someone else's life mm-hmm. I just need to sit there with that cup of coffee and just hear how God was moving in someone else's life one thing I was afraid of was having to share in a group of people I don't know well and you get to know people in life groups so quickly you feel comfortable but it was so wonderful to be able to to know I wasn't alone and to know other people are struggling maybe in different ways but still struggling and to know you're not the only one out in this world struggling it's not about what you think that you need to bring or need to prepare because unbelievably by default you will help somebody you you know whether it's just sharing your own struggle or offering a word of encouragement to a stranger i'm not i'm not sure it gets any better than that so i said you don't need to listen to me listen to somebody who just started life group last year and what it's done for them you know i i love that one statement that joya made it's is talking about, this is what she said. It was not what I expected, but it was everything I needed. Did you hear that? It's not what I expected, but it was everything I needed. And my prayer for us is that life group may not be what you maybe expect, but it is everything that you need. That Jesus knows what you need, and he has a group for you to get you plugged in. Well, as we close this morning, I just, I just want to have you take a moment and pause and and really make a determination in your heart. If you've been on the fence about being a part of a group that today, just today, would you have the courage to go down to the gym and find a group that that meets your needs? Let me just tell you what you're going to find in there. The center aisle of tables. By the way, there's a lot of goodies over there too. So you can grab some goodies. Yeah, if you have a table, you guys can go now and uh, get to your table so you get there before the crowd. So if you're leading a group and you have a table, maybe you guys can scoot there and get there now. So the center tables are the ones that are the topic-based groups. So Culture Shock, Rooted, um, Life in Power. That's one that if you see some blue flashing lights, that's uh, my co-leader, Elaine, put that together. Go to the blue flashing lights. Um, and then we've got our message-based groups on the left-hand side of the gym going down. We have a men's group. I, I, I heard that they're giving away hot dogs today for every man that signs up, so you might want to check that one out. Our online group as well. Um, we've got uh, the, the rectangle table that's on the wall this way. Oh, playing some nice behind-me music. I love it. Um, the, 
this rectangle table as you're facing once you're in there are all of our journaling groups so you're saying you know i can't get out at night um we've got journaling groups i will meet at 6 30 in the morning at einstein's and if you want to just get in god's word with me you'll that's a group pastor richie has one on on thursdays uh pastor jorgen has one on tuesdays and uh um, there's another one as, as well. Um, Kate has one on another, on another morning as well at Panera Bread. So there's options. Online, journaling groups, topic-based, focused. But the important thing is to be able to do life together circled around Jesus. You know, I kind of picture it this way. Even though it's, we call it the circle, right in the middle of the circle is Jesus and we gather together and we focus on what Jesus' word says and focus on what he's doing in our lives and growing us and shaping us and molding us. I, I want to encourage you, I am a work in progress. If you were to delve into all the aspects of my heart, you'll realize that, wow, Mark, you, you still have a lot of work to do. And I would say, yes, I do have a lot of work to do. But some of that stuff can't be realized without you in my life. Without the faith of a friend who can walk with me and journey with me. You see, we need each other. We need each other in each other's lives to be able to accomplish the things that Jesus has for us. Life is hard. The world is getting darker. And we need the encouragement to not be left out there being vulnerable. Where we have an enemy that wants to whisper lies to us. And we need to be sharpened so we can continue to bring light into this dark world. Would you join a group? If for some reason you say, I've got to run out to an appointment right now. If you really do need to run out an appointment. um, You can sign up online. You go to our website, gccnh.com forward slash groups, and you'll have a chance to sign up there as well. All right, guys. From a pastor's heart to you, but also as a friend to you, let's be in groups together. See what Jesus wants to do. I want to let you know next week we're starting a new series in God We Trust. For some of you, you might have a strong opinion about this series because we're going to be talking about the role of church and politics. We're coming up onto our November midterm elections and our, our country seems to be on this weird divide. And I think it's really important that we understand what is the church's perspective? What's the church's role? What is my role as a Christian in these midterm elections? And we're going to talk about this in a biblical standpoint. And, and I want you to be there. It's only going to be a, a four week series. So you don't want to miss each week. And we'll kind of do this series in God we trust together. After we leave right here, you're going to go all the way down these halls to the gym and sign up for our group. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for this amazing church body. For our guests that are here for the first time today, Lord, I pray they encountered your presence. That they felt the warmth of each other. That they felt the warmth of your that this church is about you, Jesus. 
And Lord, that they would have a sense of even just, even this is their first week that they were like, you know what? But I know God's called us here and they would jump right into a group. I give them that permission to Lord Jesus. Give each one of us the resolve and the courage to say yes to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, if there's anybody here who doesn't know you this morning, with everybody's eyes still closed, just in this moment, pray. Pray for that person who doesn't know you and who wants to know you today. But if that's you, if, if you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Anybody slip up your hand? Look at me. Thank you so much. Thank you. I got you. Anybody else? I want to know Jesus today. Anybody hands? Yes, thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, for those hands that were raised this morning. Wow, what a celebration is in heaven. You know, it's the raising of the house. That hand is enough. It is enough because it's faith in you, Lord Jesus. And and yet, what does that mean? It means that we repent. It means we turn from our own selfish desires, our own sinful ways. And we chase after you, Lord Jesus, as our Lord and Savior, knowing that you are the one that gives us access to our Father, that gives us access to heaven. Jesus, we celebrate those four hands that were raised today. All heaven rejoices. Thank you for going to the cross for us, for conquering death, for taking care of our sin on the cross. And now we are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And we get to leave here today, Jesus, changed by you. That it wasn't just a slip of a hand, that actually there was something spiritual that took place today and changed us on the inside. New life, new beginnings, fresh starts. For all of us, Lord Jesus, we want to pursue you, that we can love our communities to life, Lord Jesus. You said that you came to give us life and life in the full. We want to live a full life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 